Hey, welcome to another episode of Dream Chase, Dream Chasers Podcast. I have Joshua Gilbert here with me today. This um, Joshua Gilbert has been a basketball trainer, coach uh, in the Indianapolis area. Josh, how you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, I'm really good. Got it, right, right, right. So um, tell us a little bit about where you're from. I'm originally from New Iberia, Okay. I end up uh, in Indiana uh, after playing college ball. I went to, originally, I went to uh, University of Alabama to play ball, but I somehow got my own way and uh, ended up deeply there. Um, but, you know, I've been, uh, I've been in Indiana for about 20 something years now. Okay. okay. And, um, after playing college ball, did you do anything overseas? How'd you get into coaching? Uh, I didn't. I, I actually, what happened was I got hurt. Okay. And uh, I ripped my patella tendon on something. I was dumping on a kid. You know, you mm. pick up and I jumped over the kid. The kid grabbed me and pulled me down. So mm. I messed up my patella tendon. He didn't want to get dumped on. Right. But, um, and I had just, I actually really stepped away from basketball. Right. Wow. And, um, and so when I came back, it was just like players out there I'm watching on television. I'm like, well, who is this dude? It's Ray Allen, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, man, I don't even know who these kids are. And um, so I, I um, eventually just, you know, I started trying to get back into it. And then I started with my uh, my oldest son. Started working with him. I actually started uh, coaching him and training him. Right. And um, eventually I went, um, my wife and I, went down to uh, Louisiana and my sister was having problems with her oldest son. And I said, well, you know, he was 10 years old at the time. So I said, okay, hey, let's, let's bring him to uh, Indiana. Let's, let's keep him for a year and just, you know, try to get him back on track. Right. So we ended up getting him and, and I started working with him. He wants to play football. I said, man, I don't want no damn ball football trainer. <laughs> you want to play some basketball? He like, let's play some round ball. Teach you basketball. Talk about playing quarterback and you a linebacker. Right, right. So um, I ended up working with him. You know, he was athletic. He, you know, had some athleticism, but as far as his IQ and shooting and you know ball handling and stuff like that, he didn't have it. You know, the understanding. Right. So we uh, he worked hard and did, did really well. And um. Ended up becoming Mr. Basketball in, uh, in 2004. Right, right. So what was that? What was that like? Uh, what was the What was the bumps like? What was it like? Um, kind of molding this kid. Was he Was he kind of rebellious in his approach? Obviously, you guys are family, but how did How did he deal with um, you telling him? Obviously, a lot of kids don't listen. Uh, uh, and I and I could talk, I could attest to this uh, myself. A lot of kids really don't like to listen to their dads or maybe their uncles. They'll they'll take it better from a coach. What was it like? How did you keep him on track, uh, being a family member? Well, it was different for him because his dad was never in his life. Okay. And his mm-hmm. mom was doing all of the, you know, his mom and my mother and other family members would try to keep him on track. And his mom was like she was doing the best she could. Mm. And, but his dad was like, whatever, you know. Right. 
And so for him, it was something where, oh, someone is paying attention to me or giving me, giving me you know, working with me or just like somebody cares. Right. You know, he he struggled a little bit because he um, he wanted to be home. You know, he was like, he was 10 years old. Right. 10, 11 years old. Like, you know, you, it's like you, I can't say slavery, but almost like it's, you're taking your kid from the, right. from the mother. The Everything parents, they know. You know. Yeah, bringing them all across the country. And he's like, man. So it was exciting to him at first. Mm-hmm. But then when the work came, it was like, those that <laughs> Right. I work, you know, I work hard. Right. And but he listened. He listened because he saw what I was doing was starting to be effective. Right. You know, what we were doing, we were talking about the biggest thing for him is most kids understand, or most parents or dads or moms understand is like when you want your child to get to a certain level, Mm -hmm. you want them to continue to listen to you or you're working with them. You got to work on your mind first. Right. You can't just get up there and jump out there and say, "Okay, do this, boy, and do that, and do this, and do that, and do all, do all these things." Um, you got to you got to work on your mind first. Right. And then once you once you have them to buy in, then you can start with the process. Right. So, what is something you molded a Mister Basketball? What is something? that uh, a lot of people don't understand when it comes to uh, dealing with their kids and, and teaching them how to play the game? What is, what is a lot of uh, misconceptions that you see? What I see is like, and, and, and I'm not, not picking up, I'm not going to pick on people who haven't played the game, but right. a lot of times when people are trying to get their kids at a certain level, they're, they're focusing on, on winning. Right too early okay. and too soon, right? The the biggest thing that I've seen with all the kids, because I, I actually started a, uh, an AAU program, you know, Icy Ballers. Right. We actually just started Body counts. Body counts. And uh, uh, we just started again recently, but last year with the girls. Right. And what our whole objective is, the first thing is to get them to understand how to play right. together as a team. All right, and get them to understand um, that winning is not the most important thing at this point. Right. We're going to win later. Right. Right. It's not us going to win right now, but a lot of parents, they are going, it's like, oh, we're going to win that game. And, right. Oh, and we should have won that game. And the coach don't know what they're doing. No. Right. Right. No. Let yeah. your child develop first. They don't see the big picture. They don't see the big picture. They're looking at, oh, let's win the game. So, okay, yeah, you win all the games win the fifth grade. Oh, mm-hmm. you won some games in sixth, sixth grade. Right. But then you, your child never gets developed. Right. You never get better. Right. You know, so the big misconception is that with, with parents, a lot of times they don't understand the process of allowing the kid to develop first. Right. Right. We develop first, then we win later. You know, right. We play hard, play as a team, develop, and then we start to win. Because that's going to be, the win is going to be like a natural occurrence. It's going to be like this a byproduct. It'll come. Yeah, it's gonna come. It's gonna be a product byproduct. Right. You know, all that other stuff is gonna be like, you know, just let them, just let them develop first. One thing that I I've seen a lot of, and I'm I'm right on track to what you're saying. I've seen a lot of uh, teams or popular teams. They press. 
They press and press and press. Oh, they 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 press the whole time. Now, <laughs> before you before no no, but listen listen before 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 you say anything, you you like to press, but you like to rotate defenses. That's a di- there's a difference there. You you throw on a press, then you throw something else, then you throw, and I mean that's actually making the kids think a little bit. You know what I mean? But I I've seen like what you're talking about is different in the sense that you work on different types of development, whereas certain kids are really good at pressing, but then, you know, they can't be pressed. Or um, once you once you put them in a setting that they have to guard somebody man-to-man, they can't guard anybody. Your teaching is different in a sense in which I've seen you coach in a sense that you're teaching them the game on all the sides. It just seems like, you know, let me get a team and let me win their whole sixth grade year, or let me hold, win their fourth to sixth grade year, and that's uh, construed as success. Whereas once they get into middle school ball and they're separated from that team that had that good, good, um, good model, now they can't step into um, into a role where they can do it on their own. Now, and, and what I what I mean by on their own is like go from you know your your travel team to a middle school team and now you can step on the floor and produce as well as what you did with your travel school with your with your travel school squad. Now, I my question is is this. Um what is a good age to start with the 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 trapping and pressing and then what are your thoughts on how do you how do you almost I mean you got to be able to be a little bit more diverse on the floor. You can't just uh, be able to trap and beat people like that because you're going to find teams that can handle that and then what's going to happen? I, I teach kids, when I started, I had a, I had a second grade group mm-hmm. and I started teaching my kids how to hedge on the screen. If you're a ball player, right. if you understand the game, um, hedging on the screen, I started teaching that to them when they were like in the second grade. Right. And that's with a man to man. I started teaching them how to jump to the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Close out, closing out. Um, I teach him how to to mirror the ball. You know, um, I teach him all that stuff really, really young because it's like this. People say, "Well, oh, what are you, they're too young to, to know all this stuff." What, when they're gonna learn it? Oh, yeah, no, no. They, are they too young to read? You know <laughs> right, I mean? right, so right. For sure. Out, you can pick out something as easy as doing complicated uh, math problems and right. big words that I can't even pronounce. Right. Right. So, but I'm teaching, like you say, you don't like to press. I like pressing, but I'm going to, I'm going to show my kids four or five different presses. Right. I'm going to show them every man to man. I'm going to show them every kind of type of scheme on defense, every um, uh, zone, everything I possibly can. Cause I want to have an understanding of everything. And that's that, that's teaching winning. Well, that's what I said. The, the difference, the difference with you is that you're teaching them. You're actually teaching them the game of basketball. You're not, you're not pressing just to win the game. Right. A lot of a lot of a lot of people are out here pressing just to win games. Right. Just to just to say I'm the best coach around. Right. That's the difference. I mean, you you actually you're actually putting it into a model that they can understand, and then and then you're challenging them to okay, all right, we're going to switch this defense. Now we press that way. You know, we're going back off full court, and then we're going we're going to have court trap. Right. You know what I mean? Things like that. What I'm seeing, I'm seeing you press and beat people by a hundred points. And and you and you and you not only now you're up by thirty points and you're still trapping and pressing. 
and I'm one of them dudes that would do that. <laughs> 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 I'm guilty of that. Because <laughs> um, my, my my thoughts is this. You know, I like my kids playing hard all the time. Right. right? Good point. And I don't ever want them to, to, to not play. I One time we beat a team, I think, 84 to 12. Oh, my gosh. And I, and I went to the coach and I said, you know, I wasn't mean. I didn't want to be arrogant. It made it sound arrogant or me. I was like, I'm going to beat you. But I'm going to beat you really well. But I need to use this as a learning tool for my kids because they don't get, you know, they're playing against a different opponent. And I need to keep on. I keep. I have to keep them playing hard. Right. I've been in games before and I'm up by 20. And then the team gets a little, the opponent gets a little, um, you know, confidence. And then next, mm. you know, you look at the score and you're like, oh, it's, it's a two-point game. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's a two-point game. Right. I mean, at that point, it's like, okay, well, what happened? Right. Oh, I took my foot off the gas. Right. You know what I mean? You know, and I beat teams. Like, I remember when, like, I remember, like, um, I had Ricky Harris, and she was playing with all boys. Mm. Boys team, and she was traveling with boys team. Right. Uh, she's at Ohio State right now. Mm. And I taught them how to, uh, to hedge on the screens. Right. Man to man. Right. Handle the screens, jump to the ball, um, help defense, help side defense. So I'm teaching them all this stuff. Right. And we beat a team. This was the third grade. We beat them 44 to 4. Hmm. And they were pressed. Mm-hmm. All right. We just playing man to man. Man to man. Right. And we just kept playing. And, and you hear parents say, well, that's the unsportsmanlike. unsportsmanlike. I'm like, get your kids in the gym. Right. You know, these kids, these kids, they were, these parents I had at that time, they would have those kids in the gym. Three times a week, right. four times a week, sometimes. Right. Everywhere I said they'd go, they would go. Right. And it would constantly work and constantly work. And it got beat sometimes by like 20 and 30 points. Right. But it kept working, kept working, kept working. And then you get your play as a team and they're like, well, you know, you're unsportsmanlike. I was like, no, it's not unsportsmanlike. Right. So I'm supposed to make it easy on you because your child. It's not in the gym, but my, my these kids on the gym, they're working. This is what they're working for. Now you should back off because we're just participating. That's why. No, we don't do participation points. We don't do this twice. Right. I finished eight, mom. No, no, right. we don't do that. So right. what happened is this team, this particular team, we get them uh, 44 to 4. Mm-hmm. And the coach he was like, he's like, man, your team plays really good defense. Right. We didn't have we didn't we didn't run that one offense play. Really? Not one, one play. Getting scores off of plan everything D. Everything was off of defense. Right. That's what I told the kids. Everything was off of defense. And um, he was like, because he would, with this old Bobby, I'm not, I'm not putting down Bobby Knight because I know he's a legend in Indiana, but every coach, they dig they, they Bobby Knight. So, right. So I'm like, he's coming in with a, you know, well, we're going to do this and do these things. And, and, you know, he came to me different. Right. He was going to set screens here, set screens here, set screens here. Well, he got third graders. They knew how to go right, but they couldn't go left. Right. All right. So when I hedge on the screen, when they're going right, then we hedging right. Right. Now they got to go back. They got to go, go another back. way. And yeah. Yeah. Well, the play didn't work like this in practice. Right. And so they didn't know what to do. And next thing you know, we get the ball, we go on the score. Right. All right. And so after the game, the guy came. He said, "Man, how did you? How did you get your kids everywhere we was go? There was someone there. How do you do that?" I said, "Man, we just I just hedged on the screen." Right. He said, "Huh? We just hedged on the screen." Right. I said, I'll show you sometime when you, if you want me to. Right. And so I saw the guy like some months later when he was at practice at the field house up in the, here in Fishers. And uh, 
you know, I went to his team and I showed him how to hedge on screen. I don't, right. I don't have a problem teaching somebody what I know. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and what's funny too, like, I don't, I don't think a lot of people spend time on learning the proper techniques. Like I, I, I had a group yesterday and it's funny that you said this. I mean, this is not scripted or anything. You're talking about hitting screens. I had a group of kids and these kids are, they're eighth graders. They're about to be in high school. Most of them. I mean, I think, I think a couple of them are seventh graders and they were playing, uh, they were playing two on two yesterday. I have four kids in this group and what we do, we train, we work on different skills and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then they play. They play. They'll probably play for about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. And these kids were getting killed off a of screen and roll. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, this is not going to get it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and took the time out to do exactly what you said. Like, I had to stop it and be like, hey, listen, so this is how you play the screen. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to hedge the screen. So I think it's just undervalued. That's why I said that's what makes you different mm-hmm. versus other coaches because other coaches are just going to, you know, they're going to run and gun and try to run the score up. But then if they get a team that can beat their press or their defense, now these now their kids don't know how to hedge screens. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So all the way around, this thing is is basketball IQ can make or break you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, once you, once you start talking higher level, everybody can do what you can do. Everybody's as, as athletic as you are. Mm-hmm. Everybody could probably shoot the ball as good as you can. They're probably as fast as you are. But IQ is what gets you through. I mean, right. think about it. Think about uh, rest his soul, Kobe Bryant. He said he would go in the gym and do the most basic drills there were, and he would he would work on that for like the first forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. He'd be just working on crossovers, working on different things, stuff like that. And really, what made for me what made Kobe Bryant was the the IQ was such a big part of it. I mean, he he spent hours and hours breaking down film and figuring out how to beat his opponent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People don't do that no more. Kobe, Kobe, and I tell people this, and people might hate me for saying this. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I hope you don't. Know, you know, but if you do, you do. That's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, spit on my water. <laughs> when, when Kobe first got in the league, I, I really liked Kobe. Right. Um, and and that it, it, it had nothing to do with with uh, with Jordan or anything. Right. Is the thing I the, what I what I fell in love with Kobe about is what I liked about him is his work ethic. Right. You know, he taught. Man, I'm older than Kobe. He taught me mm-hmm. how to teach my kids how to get up at four o'clock. Right, know? right. I mean, he was. I was like, this dude gets up at four o'clock in the morning. Right. And it's not something that he just started doing. He was doing it in high school. Right. All right. Now I think about six o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, he'd be in the gym. Right. And I'm like, this dude jumped half hour. And then he was like, and he said something one time. He said, yeah, um, he gets five hundred shots in, five hundred makes in. I was like, five hundred makes. I never heard it before. Right. Right. And so this dude's talking about people saying, well, yeah, I got 500 shots up. Right. He's like, man, I got, I get 500 makes. Shots. Right. That I'm changes like, things. So if you get 500 makes, you know how many shots you're taking? Right. I mean, so if you're missing, if you're missing 20 or 30, you know, man, you're taking a lot of shots. Right. So I'm like, man, this dude is on a whole nother level. I mean, I see why he's so good. And then, then, uh, then, then after he retired, when he retired, and I saw him with his daughter, and I'm like, and I got a daughter, right? Right. So that's like, so like, I'm like, ah. Right, there we go. Right. There we go. And so I'm watching dude and how he's becoming an ambassador to the WNBA, and how he's taking his daughter, and how he's teaching, he's, and he takes a group of girls who wants to play. Right. They weren't no good. They weren't any good. Right, but they just wanted to play. They wanted to play, and he started teaching them how to play, and I'm like, 
okay, this dude is on. So right. at that point in time, when the dude would speak or he'd be on television or he'd be doing the interviews, I'm like locked in like a little. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. when he played with the Lakers, I never really paid attention to Kobe. I was like, yeah, right. that's cool. But then when he when I saw he was doing the stuff after when he retired and all the other stuff, and as, as I started listening to him, I was like, man, this dude. He'd been deserved my respect a long time ago. Right. You know, because he was doing some stuff like, man, four o'clock in the morning. Right. And it got me to the point where my son, you get up at four o'clock. We've been at him at four o'clock in the morning. Right. You know what I mean? I spent a lot of time working with my daughter, you know what I mean? Doing some different things, you know, and I'm like, like he just set a whole different trend and, and a whole different mindset. Yeah. Different. I mean, people like that are special. My my high school my high school coach in New Jersey um, and, and and no no shots at my coach here in Indiana I, I I respect Doug Mitchell I think he's a a great coach but my high school coach in Jersey Kevin Boyle I don't know if you know Kevin Boyle he's a Mount he's at Mount Verde he he had you know he had Al he had Kyrie Irving he had Michael Kidd Gilchrist he had uh, Ben Simmons Joel Embiid. Uh, uh, um, he had uh, what's the, what's the kid's name that just got traded from uh, Golden State, D'Angelo Russell. So he had a ton of pros. That's one of the things I was only with him uh, freshman to sophomore year, but he would he would do stuff like that. He would he would he would come and pick us up about three in the morning, and we'd be in the gym working out from about four to about six. And then and then we would come back and we would we would play that afternoon. You know, we'd have we go four to six, go to school, come back and play St. Patrick, New Jersey, which is the smallest school there is, two hundred twenty-five kids. And we'd be up in the morning working. I remember being in the gym one time with Shaheen Holloway. I don't know if you if you remember that name. Shaheen Holloway was uh like a front runner um in New Jersey, which they don't have like a Mr. Basketball or anything like that. But he was on that ninety six uh that ninety six McDonald's All American team. Shane Holloway was unbelievable. He had twenty, I think twenty three hundred points in his in his high school career. I mean, he was unbelievable. He he went to Seton Hall. I think he's coaching either Saint Saint uh Peters or he might be coaching at uh Seton Hall now. But to see a guy like Shaheen, as good as he was, to be in the gym working on his game at four in the morning, like for me. I just thought, like, you're that good. You're always going to be that good. You ain't got to do nothing. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, a lot of people think – a lot of people think that it's a, it's, a, it's a destination that you have to hit. It's not a destination. You got to keep going. It's, it's, what people don't understand is that, that your character leads you to your destination. Right. All right? And your character is defined as what? The mental and moral – Distinctive quality within a person, your temperament, right. your honesty, your, um, your humor. And so that character is going to lead you to that destination. Your destination is like, well, I'm destined to do this. Right. And your character say you're destined to do this. <laughs> right. right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they don't understand that. And so when, when it comes down to like like situation like like your, like your guy, you know, for him, you say 2,300 points, well, that, that guy was supposed to play the Cowboys. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I never, I've, I've never heard of him. But, mm-hmm. you know, he was supposed to play the post. He was supposed to be having an opportunity to do so because right. his character, the things that he was doing, was going to lead right. to that to that, um, to that that destination of playing professional basketball. Yeah, definitely. You know? And definitely. a lot of, like, when we're going back, just going back to the parents, like, a lot of the parents, you asked that question earlier, a lot of his parents, they, they, like, like, they don't get it 
from a standpoint of, you know, you got to, you got to, you got to go through a process and you got to be, if you're going to be locked in to this basketball thing, you got to be locked in. Right. I mean, it's just like, it's not just, okay, well, you know, I had one lady, <laughs> so her son was in karate. I think he was in soccer, mm-hmm. basketball. He was busy. He played the uh, violin or the flute or something. I don't know what else he played. Right. And then she wanted, so then she would come to our practices and she wanted, and her son would practice basketball twice a week, twice a week on practice mm-hmm. and nothing outside of that. Right. But she wanted her son to dribble a ball and to do everything all the other kids were doing. Right. And I'm like, you're not putting no time into it. Your commitment doesn't, doesn't match right. your, uh, your, your vision. Right. You know, you're, 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 with, with, what you're doing is you're, you want, is, is right now at that point, it was all about her son. Right. You know, and not about her son. If he wants to be, wants a swimmer or soccer, man, that's cool. Go for that stuff. Right. I mean, but you got to put that, you got to put effort into it. You got to be dedicated to it. You can't just say, okay, I, I want my son to dribble the ball like him. And why this kid gets dribbled the ball? How much time do you have put in the gym? Right. I'm going to reward kids who play for me. Mm-hmm. Who play for me? Those kids put that extra effort in. Right. I'm going to reward them. Right. I'm, I'm going to let them. I'm going to encourage them. If, if they've been working a ball handling, and, and I, I'm going to encourage them to do that in the game. Right. Because I know that when they if when they get to a certain point in high school, if they all of a sudden they want to start dribbling the ball or doing certain things in high school, that coach is going to say, "Nah, bro, this is what I need you to do right here." Right. But if you can start getting confidence doing that in the game early on in life. Right. You know, early on in your career, right. like your young career, right. it's going to just automatically be like a, a smooth transition when you go back to getting to high school. Right. And, and to, to almost clarify what you mean, I, I think what you mean is in a sense that we're not telling kids not to do other things. Do, do other things. But you have to work at your craft. If, I, if I'm a big-time baseball player, and I'm pretty good at basketball. I can play basketball, but I got to find some time in there to get in the batting cage and hit the ball. I got to find time if I'm a pitcher to go throw the ball and make sure my fastball ain't losing its heat. So we're not saying, oh, well, you know what? In order to be the best basketball player, you need to just specialize in basketball and don't do nothing else. Be a kid. Be a kid. Be a person. Take every experience. And and I'm – Personally, I would love for my daughter to, or my son, or my other daughter to always experience as much as possible. But if, you know, the way my daughter loves basketball, mm-hmm. oh, no, we're going to work at it. it, it until, until, she, until she tells me otherwise, this is what we're going to do. We're going to work at this tirelessly. You're going to run track because you, you like track. I'd like for her to try volleyball. If she doesn't do it, whatever. But during the volleyball season, you're going to be getting in the gym three or four times a week if this is what you want to do. And, and, that's, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm on the same page with what you're saying. I'm exactly on the same page with what you're saying. It's like what I'm saying is like it's not the kids. Right. It's the parents' right. expectation. All right, it's a parent expectation. Don't tell me, well, oh, he was uh, a little tired today, and I just thought I'd have a day. You know what? <laughs> my kids don't have a day off. Right. You know what I mean? My kids always work. Right. Uh, and and the kids who are always working, I gotta, I gotta, 
I got to give them enough that opportunity first because I'm like, they're taking this serious. Right. If you're not taking it serious, then do all the other stuff you're going to do. But at this point in time, this is where your son or your daughter got to play. Right. This, this is how they got to play right now. Right. All right. Because right. they're not putting that extra effort. They're not putting that extra work into what they want to do. Because when, when I'm, when I'm coaching, I coach kids to get, and I've always said to my nephew, we get into the next level of life. Right. It's not about today, it's about tomorrow. Right. Let's see tomorrow. So we're trying to get to the next level of your life. And so when I coach, I'm always coaching for scholarships. Right. I'm not coaching for the pros. Right. You know, that's if kids want to go to the pros, that's that's on them. That's on them. I mean, I'm coaching yeah. for scholarships. Right. Right. And I mean, at a, at a certain point, too, one thing one thing that you have to keep in mind. I mean, I'm not saying that people have strikes against them, or you know, I mean, I don't want this to be misconstrued, but you have to sharpen your skills as best as possible. That's number one. Number two is is you got to think about uh, genetics is going to take hold at a certain point, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you have a kid that genetically, you know, over two years, they keep working at their game and maybe they're not as good as this kid next to them, but they keep working. They get bigger, faster, stronger, a little bit taller. Obviously they're going to, they're going to have an edge now, not saying that that's just going to eliminate people, but at the same time, these are different things that you have to take into account. You can't just think that, you know, or, or any kid that's listening, you can't just think that because, you're the best right now that that's the way it's going to be. It's a shark tank, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shark tank. You got to think about it. When you reach the top, just like you talked about your nephew, your nephew was Mr. Basketball. When he was, when he got up there, you think that the next year that he went to IU, people wasn't gunning for him. No, I want to show you why I'm better. And that's how it works. You can't get up. You can't, get to a certain point and get comfortable or get to a certain point in your mind and think that, oh, we're just, that you're just the best. I mean, even the best in the game, they continue to work and they have to work to stay there. All right? That's that Kobe, that's that Kobe, LeBron, LeBron, uh, uh, Michael Jordan, even um, the crazy one, uh, Dennis Rodman. Right, you know I mean? right. That's it, Dennis Rodman said he was in the, in the, in the gym naked. He's in the waist and then Kobe, you know, he gets strong when he gets faster. They 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 they, they take the inventory of what they need to improve on. Right. And they, they start doing them. They start doing that stuff. Right. I mean that's that mentality they have, man. It's not it's kinda of, it's not about just okay, hey, well, I get to this point and oh, I made it. I'm here now. Right. Yeah, you're here now. Now you got people. Now it's even. Now people chasing. Now you people chasing. That's right. I mean, the thing happened with me when I went to Alabama, all right? I played at University of Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. I went there thinking, yeah, they're going to make me better. No. No, sir. You're going to make I didn't have mm-hmm. no one to tell me this stuff. Right. You're going to make yourself better. Well, either, either you're going to improve and get better or somebody's going to no. take your spot. Because. Well, that's what that's that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like college, I mean, they they're looking to replace you every time they recruit. They're not recruiting to compliment you. They're looking to replace you. Oh man, I got Josh Gilbert over here. He's six nine. He can run, jump, and dunk. But then I got Harvey Harrington coming right behind him. He's now let's right and and and, and, let, and, and let that be your junior year, and let it be my freshman year. And let me outplay you. Well, you think you're going to come off? You're coming off the bench. And I'm about to say, oh, well, you're a junior and you earned it. I had a, I had a girl in high school that was a senior. Uh, I'm not going to name names. 
and probably was supposed to be the best player on our team. And she just felt like because she paid her dues that she was supposed to play. She's supposed to get her shots. And we was like, wait a minute. You know, we're doing these morning workouts. We don't even see you no more. Right, right. And then this girl over here is overplaying you. And then guess what? We got to the end of the year. She missed, missed, she missed the opportunity for Miss Basketball, which she should have got. Well, I can't say she should have got, but she missed the opportunity. And then this girl became an Indiana All-Star along with her. You see what I mean? That's that's how it works. A lot of kids are, oh, I paid my dues. And and, and not kids. I, I, what you said earlier was key. A lot of parents feel like, oh, well, you know what? My kid's been there. We've done this. We've done that. I've done this. I've done that. So my kid should be the number one option. But then you're not watching what, you know, a young Jack whatever is doing. And now he's coming up behind you. And you just feel like your kid just has arrived. <laughs> I am from Louisiana originally, mm-hmm. but my nephew played for Doug Mitchell. Right. And that's what I love about Doug Mitchell. Doug, Doug Mitchell always played the best for him. Absolutely. You know, Doug Mitchell was known as, well, this Doug's like, nah, if this kid's better than you. You're going to play. Right. I mean, that's just my, that's what I love about it. But some of these guys, but some of these guys are so, and people think it's, they think it's like in high in Indiana basketball. I'm gonna tell you all a secret. Mm. It's not just the coaches that you think are doing your, your child wrong. Or your, a lot of times, these ads. I mean, that's real talk. Mm. All right, and, and I don't care. They, you know, what I mean, hard man trying to mess with nothing. But for me, right. Like sometimes it's the ads. It's ads. Like you know what? Who's who's writing that check? Mm. Now, I've experienced that. I, I've experienced that personally. Mm. You know, who's writing that check? And a lot of times the AD say, nah, this kid's going to play because his mama wrote a check, his daddy and his mama wrote a check, and this kid's going to deserve to play. Right. And we're going to distance steps we're going to go to. Right. And so you have a kid like Harvey Harrington who's coming in and working out and doing all the things, and he's getting it and doing everything he has to do. Right. And then he gets to the high school and he's, he's on the bench. <laughs> you know? Wow. And all of a sudden he loses confidence. Right, because they, then they then they uh then then what they'll do is they'll try to make you feel that you're how's it oh he's not as good as you think he is right no I know he's good right what what you're trying to do is you're trying to water him down right the right where he gets a down on himself his confidence goes away and then for therefore now you can um, there was a fish and it was a docile fish. Mm-hmm. I don't name, don't name that fish, but now he's like that fish. Right. You know, docile, and then you can just, and then the parent just go into this zone like, okay, well, we just, you know, it was fun while I lasted. Right. You know, but meantime, somebody writing a check for your child sitting on the bench. Hmm. That's what happens. Wow. That's what happens. Wow. Well, I mean, one thing, one thing you have to do as well, I mean, you, you have to, and this is and this is a model that, like I said, I talk to my daughter about all the time. I always kind of try to keep it in her head to show and prove. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make people. Um, you gotta make people play you. You gotta make you gotta you gotta make the decision uh, for them. You know what I mean? You you can't you can't leave it to chance. Because I mean, if you're one of the kids in between, you leave it to chance. That's gonna be a problem. But at the same time, at the same time you have to do what's best for your child. 
<laughs> you know, your, your, your child only, you, we, we only get one crack at this. And, and, and if you choose wrong, you know what I mean? That could be it for whatever their dream is. You see what I mean? And listen, listen, uh, people that know Joshua Gilbert, <laughs> right. they know we don't play. You know? <laughs> we going to do what's best, and we don't care. We're going to do what's best for our child. Because at the end of the day, I'm not right. going to allow a uh, a system or a, you know, and we we, we kind of going through a, little, a lot of different areas, but I'm not going to allow a political system to to um, dictate how where my child you know how my child plays or whatever you know because right. i tell people like this i say you have choices in life you know i can choose to stay in bed until 12 o'clock or i can get up at four o'clock and go to work right you know i mean so, right you know there's some things there's going to be circumstances or consequences to your choices whatever it is you know missing sleep or missing work but you got you got choices you always have choices right Anything, you always have a choice you just got to you guys got to be creative and imagine and, and imaginative and right. be able to find that choice and pick that choice. It's going to be best for you and your child. Right. Well, man, this has been a, a, a great interview. Uh, Josh Gilbert definitely took us through all the stages of um, understanding how you should really look at um, dealing with your child and within whatever their respective sport is. I mean, definitely. Um, something something that kids should hear as well i mean i think i think the parents can benefit probably the most from this but um if you have a child that you know may may not be um getting what they want or or you or from your standpoint they're not getting what what you feel like they deserve or rather it be uh, playing time or getting the ball much or starting or coming off the bench or whatever it whatever um your gripe is you need to understand that ultimately um, they have to work and then, and then it comes from them. I mean, that's the bottom line. The majority of the podcasts that we have done have been kind of geared to that. I mean, even professionals are saying the same thing. I mean, it came from them. It didn't come from uh, mom or dad going, talking to coaches or mom or dad uh, throwing their weight around because of what, what their what their name or what their family name holds at the end of the day i mean this is going to come from the kid and and you know that's just a that's just a, a fact of life uh and especially when you're dealing with sports i mean the sooner you can kind of push the responsibility off onto them i mean where they're going to the gym and they want to get shots up without mom or dad or without this basketball trainer that's when that's ultimately when you're going to get the best or see the best results out of the, out of these kids. I mean, definitely if you, if you haven't heard much about, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant and, and his beginnings and how he finished his NBA career, I would tell you to take a look because I mean, uh, somebody like that solidifies um, defying the odds. I mean, this kid came from high school, played in the, on the grand stage and was one of the best players, also, I mean, probably ever <laughs> top five, hey, top five. Dude, Kevin, he was he um he was in Europe. Yeah, he was in Europe playing with playing with grown men. Yeah, but he was in Europe, and, he, and I remember an interview, and he said that when he when he got here, he said he played different. Right. And he was getting his butt whipped. Right. He was like, and then he just started going to playground, just playing all the time. Right. He had to figure out how to play like these guys play in the United States. Right. He said he couldn't. He couldn't keep up. He said, "Man, I was just getting beat down 
and then he, yeah, the dude came from Europe. Right. But ultimately, ultimately it came from him. It came from him. <laughs> that, you know, that was his desire, and his desire was right. he wanted to be the best. He wanted to be the best there was. Right, right. And that's and that's what it is. So I want to thank y'all for listening. Um, definitely we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a couple more podcasts with Josh. Um definitely has a lot of knowledge, been in the basketball community uh for a good while, period. Um definitely roles in a lot of circles in the uh, Indianapolis and greater Indianapolis area. I want to thank y'all for listening and uh, tune in soon. All right, I'll set that.